Welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show, Life, Love, and Liberty. Happy Hump Day, Weekend Warriors. Today is April the 6th. (laughs) As you all know, I don't live for the weekend. I live for every day, and I hope that you are doing the same, but I do know that some of you are just on the grind and just trying to get through it. While you're watching the entire country implode, it seems, people have completely lost their minds about gender, uh, you know, maiming the sexuality of our children. I mean, it is nuts. The border has been wide open for over a year now. Uh, so I have a special guest with me today, uh, and I, I kind of want to tee up this conversation. I've heard from a lot of you about immigration. What the hell is going on with the Biden administration? Why, why are the borders open? Why is this allowed to continue? In the meantime, uh, everyone's been distracted uh, for lack of a of a better word, uh, to be concerned about Ukraine, right? Every other border other than ours, and I hear from many of you every week that are just you're just at your wits' end, and you don't know what. Why isn't anything being done about this? You kind of feel like justice has been put on the back burner. Uh, justice will never prevail uh, across the board. Just so many things. Like we could back up to the elections of 2020. Uh, you know, uh, we got the primaries upon us now. We've already seen some shenanigans going on with that around the country, uh, primarily Texas. It's justice seems to be on her last breath, right? And I've been talking about lawfare for the better half of a year. And some of you are like, what the heck is lawfare? And it is something that the left practices pretty well. Uh, that they, they are not lacking in the department of altering words, of using administrative technicalities in order to, you know, press press on with their agenda, which, I, in my humble opinion, is to ultimately change the landscape of America. And whether that's through the abomination of altering our children's biology or tr- attempting to, right, in the way of gender identification, we're going to talk about that in this show as well. Uh, I think it's important for you guys to know that there are people fighting the battle. There are organizations fighting the battle. One in particular that we're going to highlight today, um, America First Legal, not to be confused with America First Policy Institute. I've had a guest on my show in the past, John Zadrozny, who was formerly he was formerly a part of America First Policy Institute, which also does very important work on the landscape of, you know, of, of continuing on uh, with America, as we've all known her, right, constitutionally speaking. But there's a lot of important work going on at Stephen Miller's America First Legal. And we're going to talk about that today and some of the work that we're doing. I, I want to quote something from General Counsel, uh, for America First Legal, Vice President and General Counsel, Gene Hamilton. This is going to tee up our conversation. The Biden administration is willing to put its open borders agenda and desire for a future legislative mass amnesty ahead of the safety and security of the American people. In addition to the catastrophe the American people see playing out at the border, there are plans underway within the Biden administration to provide administrative amnesty to hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens currently in immigration court. The administration appears to have taken the oft-spoken adage among ICE and CBP personnel, quote, it's not over until the alien wins, and it's turned into a policy process to ensure that actually happens at every possible opportunity. These policies are like gasoline to a fire, make a mockery of anyone who has gone through the lawful immigration process established by Congress and will further engulf and destroy any remaining integrity in our immigration system. This was Gene Hamilton again. 
He is a, a senior counsel for uh, and vice president for America First Legal. Uh, and with me today, I have someone who you guys are uh, familiar with from my podcast, Mr. Uh, John Zadrosny, who is now the deputy director for oversight and investigations for America First Legal. John, welcome back. Hey, Monica, thanks for having me on your show again. It's great to be here. Of course. So talk to us. So you've made the leap from One America First Policy Institute over to America First Legal. Can you make the distinction for us between the two uh, entities? Yeah, thanks, Monica. So I had the privilege of working for the America First Policy Institute for about a year. I was the director of their Center for Homeland Security and Immigration. And uh, it was there was a lot of good work happening there. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and But then I had this opportunity to work with my old actually my old boss, Stephen, again, and I, I couldn't resist it. And uh, now I'm, as you said, Deputy Director for Oversight Investigations for America First Legal. Um, the, the, it just, it was a tremendous opportunity because I know, like you said, you hit the nail right on the head. Um, the left has been using lawfare in an, they've turned it into an art form over the last 20 years in a way that the right has never been able to pull off. Um, there have been groups out there for decades who have ostensibly launched litigation on certain subjects, but it has not been nearly as comprehensive. And it's pretty clear that we need a more robust use of this tool to stop wrongdoing from happening. And what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If the left can sue the bejesus out of the Trump administration, the right should sue the bejesus out of the Biden administration. And then there's a sense of um, really everything is being done. I know people are tempted to say it's being done poorly and they don't know what they're doing. The reality, these are engineered failures of the immigration system. These are crashing efforts by the Biden administration. And the only thing that really stands in the way of that right now, unfortunately, is the tactical use of the federal and state court systems to make sure the law is followed. Um, You know, I think a lot of people are putting eggs in the basket of winning back the House in the fall, maybe the Senate also. Sure. The reality is without the executive branch, um, that's awesome and great, but it's not going to make a dent. Sure. You need to make sure the law is enforced and we've got to use the courts to make sure that happens. And that's what we're doing at America First Legal. So, you know, going back to this statement right here by uh, your uh, vice president and general counsel, Gene Hamilton. So it, he says the Biden administration is willing to put its open borders agenda and desire for a future legislative mass amnesty ahead of the safety and security of the American people. What the heck is administrative amnesty? It sounds like another loophole that it's, this is what it sounds like to me, John. It reminds me of, well, if you got a speeding ticket and the cop doesn't show up, then you're off. Is that what's going on here? Is it that simple? Is it a matter of, we're just telling ICE people not to show, we're telling, you know, counsel not to show up. We're telling people who are supposed to show up for their court dates not to show up. And all of a sudden this becomes an administrative technicality where people are just roaming freely, illegally through the country. Monica, that's basically it. Um, We've seen this before, by the way, the Biden, I'm sorry, the Obama administration actually did similar things, um, not to this extent, but um, they did have, for example, what they called, um, the priority enforcement program and other things that allegedly prioritize enforcement. What that really meant is um, no one can be removed because you've got to go through 20 layers of supervisors and they'll all tell you they can't. Someone will eventually tell you that person can't be removed. That's happening now as well in this administration. They've they've prioritized enforcement, which means nobody's being enforced, r- removed, and, and for, the law's not being enforced. The administrative amnesty, this is the probably one of the more problematic and illegal things they're doing, they've essentially created a shadow amnesty by saying, okay, so you've been an illegal alien, you're in front of an immigration judge now, Um, your case is being prosecuted by ICE now for your removal, we're just going to find a way to make sure that case goes away. And that can be anything from um, an outright dismissal, request by dismissal from ICE, to um, ICE just no longer contests the charges made by the alien. Keep in mind, too, this is over the last year or so where like very few people were probably being put into these proceedings. So it's really interesting to see who else is being put. Um, like if, if these are people who they are willing to let go. Yeah. That means that they were the ones that they wanted into the system because even the Biden administration thought they were worth removal. Now, all of a sudden, that's not going to happen. Right. And it's also cases for years back. I mean, don't forget, these cases do, unfortunately, take years. Um, and it's um, they're basically going to find a way to say, you know what? Never mind. No more case. You're free to go. And these people will wander around the country still illegally here. Sure. Um, there's no status conferred on them. They're just not being dealt with. Right. And so what, that, what is it? The- why? Why? 
what is the real push? Because most conservatives believe it's for votes. Uh, and now we know how certain things can be manipulated during the electoral process. And I'm thinking, no, I don't think it's just for voters. Because if you really study that base that's coming across the border, A, most of them are Catholics. And so they're not interested in the abortion agenda or things that are usually, you know, belovingly uh, held on to by the left. That That's not something that they align with. Uh, you know, I've encouraged the right that, heck, if they're going to be here, you may as well go poach them from the left and, and bring them a welcome kit to the Republican Party. I mean, if that's what we're doing, I mean, I know that stares in the face of what you guys are up to. And I'm glad that you're here, believe me. But I, you know, there's a part of me that's like, what is the real agenda here? Are we establishing a future workforce what's that why, why is this why are why are our borders wide open monica i think it's a little bit of everything i i do i do think it's personally about votes i think it's about the future of the, the democrat party i think they are in a demographic nightmare and and it's one of those things you don't notice because they're so loud and they're so shrill and in your face but i think behind closed doors they know that they're losing the american people they're losing the support of most citizens and you only need to look at the last couple of years with um, the reaction of not even rabid conservatives like moderates to Democrats over lockdowns, the impact it's had on children, um, the desire for people to not have their kids gender changed at school without their permission. The left has gone full bore crazy and Americans are peeling away. Um, and I think that trend probably started years ago. In fact, I really think they are in a demographic situation where they're in deep trouble. So you've got two choices when the voters start peeling away from your worldview, you know, your voters. You either change your worldview to bring some of them back, you modify your positions to draw the people to support you, or you find you go in search of new voters. And I think the left has gone in search of new voters. I think they are all in on trying to draw people from around the world, including from places where um, they are used to semi-totalitarian, soft to hard totalitarian governments. Right. You know, Democrats like that because that means they won't have any pushback. They give them a little some goodies and they'll have them on their side. Um, I do think it's about votes. You mentioned the Catholic thing. I'm Catholic. There are, I think, a large, uh, the U.S. Catholic population is a huge part of the U.S. population. Right. And we're all over the map. There is no, like, Catholic block. We don't vote as a block. Interesting. So I think what you're what you're saying is correct to a point. Yes. Because it I is fair to say that most... The majority of you, minus our current administration, uh, administrative Catholics <laughs> in the executive branch, uh, the majority of you are pro-life. Am I am I wrong? I think you're correct. I think you're 100 percent correct. And I think you're probably correct about that regarding these populations. I, I guarantee you most Honduran nationals crossing the border are Catholic, Guatemalans, etc. That's not the point. The point is you've got to figure out what makes the difference for them in terms of who they support. I bet you there are pro-life Democrats that vote for Democrats for some reason still. The reality is what's going to make a bigger difference for them is they are already coming from soft totalitarian countries where they're used to goodies from the government. And right. I think that'll override whatever their personal view is on abortion or this other stuff. I mean, I, I, the Democrat Party would not be importing millions of illegal aliens if they thought they would vote for Republicans, Monica. It just right. wouldn't happen. Right. Okay. Back up to a conversation we've had on my podcast about HHS and their involvement with all kinds of goodies. Speaking of goodies, uh, from, you know, this trafficking pipeline that we have, uh, because you were the first to really bring that to my attention and solidify that for my audience, that that is in fact happening. So it's kind of, you know, interesting to me whenever I see DHS and HHS, you know, supporting one another in their efforts to stop trafficking. And I think to myself, wow, isn't that amazing? Here we are uh, pretending to champion, you know, the, the, uh, the halting of trafficking of minors. Tell us a little bit about how that, if you don't mind revisiting this conversation, how that pipeline works through HHS, through the system, in the, in the under the guise of reuniting families, right? And then the great handoff to cartels and gang members that are here in the States. Thanks, Monica. Yeah, I have to give the left credit. They're really good at um, doing X and then saying, we're working really hard daily to stop X. And this is a perfect perfect example of it. The federal government is essentially a taxpayer subsidized final leg of a human trafficking journey and they're aiding the cartels. There's just no other way to put it. So what we experienced firsthand and tried to stop but ran out of time was that the cartels basically have figured out our system. They are playing it like a fiddle and they do two things 
that um, they basically use our system to help them out. One is that they, um, when someone pays for a child to be smuggled, whether that the payor is in the U.S. or somewhere else, um, they'll deliver that person to the border. Um, they will say they'll coach them and they'll, you know, in addition to probably like abusing and raping them for 2000 miles. Then when they finally get to the United States, they've coached them what to say to get in. Um, if they are a minor, they'll be put in a facility. Um, it's funded by the department of health and human services. And then the department of health and human services does virtually zero due diligence to determine the fitness of the person to which they're handing the child. Um, so maybe it's a parent, maybe not, maybe it's a citizen, maybe not. Um, I, I, they don't really want to find out about this. This was something we tried to fix. We tried to actually improve the sponsor vetting requirements to make sure that when um, people were coming to get a child saying, I want to sponsor this child, not only that they were who they said they were, right. but that they were fit. And for, for what it's worth, this wasn't even about um, immigration status, although that was a concern to us. Sure. But we were even willing to say, look, uh, if you're illegally here, you could be a sponsor. This doesn't immunize you from removal. Um, but we want to know, I don't know, do you have a bank account? Right. Do you have health insurance? Are you living with a sex offender? Right. <laughs> These are things that mattered to us. And the bureau- sure. bureaucrat said, well, that's too expensive. We can't really do that. So what we know is happening now, and this was any efforts we made were torn down pretty much instantly by Joe Biden's administration. Children are being handed to people who are unfit. For all I know, they're running sex trafficking rings or human labor, um, you know, manual labor rings. Uh, if that's not happening, um, they many of them are being, quote unquote, recycled. Mm-hmm. Um, these children are being literally put back on planes, flown to another country and used as another prop for a fake family unit or something. Um, But there's another thing happening that I think Americans need to be aware of. Uh, Two other things actually are important. One is with regard to these uh, HHS funded facilities. There are adults in these facilities because we have basically created a situation where DHS is abdicating its job on the border. Um, The same coaching happens. You know, if you're an adult from a, you know, let's say you're not like the most robust looking adult male from somewhere around the world. If you pay the right price, the cartels will deliver you as an unaccompanied alien child. And all you have to do is utter certain magic words. I'm a child and I'm unaccompanied. You could be a 25 year old man from Sri Lanka. DHS will not do its homework. They will put you in an yeah. OR facility. Um, so there are adults in these facilities and we wonder why there are sexual abuse stories and there are some other violence. Um, there are reports of violence. Uh, there are, HHS is required to produce something called a serious incident report or an SIR. Um, and th- we found years ago, even before the Trump administration, during the Obama administration, there were thousands of these reports when that first influx happened. Um, everything about uh, physical abuse by the sponsor, by the uh, facility uh, employees, sexual abuse by the facility employees, sexual abuse against the chi- children on children violence. Um, it was a total mess and it was completely concealed. We did a lot to undo that, but I'm sure that's happening again now. And it's only exacerbated when you let adults fake being children and put them into those facilities. Monica, one other thing of import for your listeners, um, the uh, MS-13 is using this also. It's not just the cartels making money and dumping fake children or real children for profit. MS-13 is using um, the Department of Health and Human Services to reduce its overhead. (laughs) So uh, basically, MS-13 members will go to the border and say, I'm an unaccompanied alien child and I'm 17 years old. And uh, DHS will trip over itself to deliver them to an ORR facility. Office of Refugee Resettlement is part of HHS. Right. They'll deliver them to those facilities. And then those MS-13 members, you know, they'll, they'll get three hots in a cot. You know, they live there for a couple of years. Uh, zero vetting happens in those facilities. And by the way, they're recruiting the whole time. You want to know why we've started to see Guatemalan and Honduran nationals joining MS-13, where historically that was not the case because they were all from El Salvador. That's why. It's because they've got a year and a half in a facility mixed with lots of young boys with nowhere to go, and it's a recruiting dream. Then they get released for some reason instead of being removed from the country when they turn 18, which they should be. Right. And then they go join MS-13. They go join their local manager, whatever they call them, I don't know. And then they kill an American. Yep. And then there's a DOJ indictment three years later that shows this person was in ORR custody. We should have done something about it. And nobody does anything about it. Right. So it's a total mess. But, you know, one last thing. I really think the only industry that's really benefiting from Joe Biden's administration are, in fact, the cartels. Yeah. And that's a shame. Yeah. 
Well, it's definitely an industrial complex. And, uh, you know, it, it is a pipeline. I mean, I have friends in the state of Georgia who have worked tirelessly against uh, this whole criminal gang enterprise. And on a federal level, you know, they keep hoping for uh, for stricter, uh, for more strict regulations and, and, and federal uh, laws with regard to this criminal gang enterprise and, and, and federal uh, laws that would like on a state level, I know these guys are working, and the name escapes me at the moment, uh, but the, these guys have been working to create this nexus, right, which takes in, in, in just an enormous amount of manpower, resources, energy, all of it, to create this nexus. But in the state of Georgia, we have like the point system uh, that really applies to everyone, right? And there's more of an incentive for these Democrat DAs to hunker down on the side of these cartels, which I would imagine if you were to go back through some of their campaign finances, you would find some interesting contributions that are slightly difficult to find whenever you're dealing with independent expenditure accounts, uh, whenever you're dealing with C4s. Uh, very hard to find that dark money, if you will. So it's just this sick, vile enterprise, this 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 nest of craziness. And it's like it all keeps the whole thing in place, you know? And, and in the meantime, the people who suffer... Our American citizens. Okay. I have got to go to a commercial break, but I will be right back. John Zadrozny with America First Legal. We'll be right back. Guess what? If you head over to MyPillow.com and type in Monica, M-O-N-I-C-A, in your code box, guess what you're going to get? Up to 66% off of these giant bath sheets that I just received. Holy cow. You could fit two people in that. There you go. There's some fun on a weekend for you husbands and wives out there. You could also get a great night's sleep with my favorite two new pillows that are now on my bed at MyPillow.com using my name. Monica, to bless your family with wonderful gift sets of bath sheets and towels and stuff for your pets and beds and blankets and all kinds of slippers that y'all can wear to Walmart and all that wonderful American stuff. MyPillow.com, code Monica, MyPillow.com. Did you guys know the Biden administration has already printed more money in the past two years than the previous 100 years combined? Not to mention the national debt just hit a record $30 trillion. Guess what that means? It's only a matter of time before the house of cards comes crashing down. If you have retirement savings, your money could be at serious risk. Talk to my friends at Gold Co. to see how you can protect your retirement with gold and silver before it's too late. Head on over to monicamatthews.com backslash Gold Co. and they will give you up to $10,000 in free silver when you open an account. monicamatthews.com backslash Gold Co. Welcome back. So, you know, America, I hear from you on the regular about all of your frustrations. And and most of you are extremely hopeless and you have sincerely put your hope in the, uh, in the, in the primaries and midterms. And I just want to redirect our attention to the people who are working hard. It seems like they're like, we're up against this giant, but remember David literally had a slingshot and a rock. And I like to think of America First Legal as this rock that is in the slingshot of of the right people who are not afraid to take on this giant, this Leviathan. And our government, 1,000%, is out of control. It is a Leviathan. All of us can absolutely agree on that. So I'd love to bring people on who are going to educate us, encourage us, edify us, you know, let us know what's really going on behind the scenes because you're not going to hear that in mainstream media. And most of it is meant to leave us hopeless and filled with despair. So I have brought back with me today one of my favorite guests, 
John Zadrazny, who is a part of, he was a part of America First uh, Policy Institute, but he's also served the Trump administration. He has a very long, uh, as a policy advisor, he has a very long, uh, uh, is that an airplane landing in your in your front yard? <laughs> uh, uh, it sounds like it. It's actually just a landscaping crew. I have no control over this. I'm really sorry. Monica. You're good. It sounds like I said, I was like, uh, is there like an entire plane of immigrants about to land in your front yard? Well, <laughs> like, it's in the Joe Biden administration. Administration's MO, so you never know. <laughs> exactly, you don't. All right, I want to switch gears, John. Okay, now you're with the, uh, you are the Deputy Director for Oversight and Investigations for America First Legal, which is, which is spearheaded by Stephen Miller, who is a senior policy advisor to President Donald J. Trump, and I uh, had, had enough foresight to stand this sucker up knowing what it was that we were going to be up against. And so, welcome back, John. All right, we've been talking about immigration, I want to switch gears because I hear from physicians like ad nauseum. These guys are about to pull their hair out on what's happening in this country with regard to uh, neutralizing the the biology, the sex of our children under the guise of uh, gender uh, acceptance and gender fluidity and gender identity and all of these words. And what doctors are saying to me on both online and off is that it's it's putting them in a very dangerous position for like you could put the more the morality component to this aside for just a moment and really address the 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 malpractice the legalities of it right when when these guys come in or gals come in and they're not honest about the transition process that they've been in let's take for instance an enlarged heart i had someone in one of my twitter spaces recently who's a physician saying you know i would treat the enlarged heart of a female patient uh, completely different than I would a biological male because the structure of the heart and the entire vascular system is completely different from one sex, not to be confused with gender, to another. And so it's placing them in a very precarious position, and you guys are taking up this charge right now on behalf of physicians around the country. Tell us what you guys are doing. Well, thanks, Monica. Uh, yeah, the, one of the the... Right now, we are currently adding to current litigation a complaint against the United States government for what the DOJ basically did the other day when it said we were going to now make sure that states cannot block doctors from providing, quote unquote, gender affirming care. Um, basically, this is a way of circumventing um, parents' wishes and doctor to patient relationships for the left's radical insane agenda. I mean, it's really to me, it's remarkable. We've gone we've gone full circle. Uh, Monica, it wasn't really that long ago when the left was screaming at the top of its lungs, my body, my choice, when we were trying to save children in the womb. Uh, now the state is saying you must give this treatment to these people. And at the end of the day, I think there is a political agenda at the heart of this. I think it gets back to they are in the they've got a dual motive, uh, one of which is it's been the let's go for for half a century to destroy the family unit so that the state is more powerful. Um, and when you start like getting people to question the most basic things in life, like boys and girls and up and down, then it's so much easier to take control of people. But I also think there's a there's a bit of an ideological fire sale here because they're again getting back to the voting thing. When you can't get most people to vote for you for for good policy reasons, create a constituency out of whole cloth and say, yeah, I, yeah, we're for that. We'll help you get your surgery. We'll stop right. these states from keeping boys as boys and girls as girls. There, there are a lot, there's a lot to this, and I am not a doctor. I will say this, though. I did work on drug policy many years ago. Okay. And one of the most important lessons I remember from the drug policy universe was that the reason drug abuse for children and teenagers mm-hmm. is such a bad thing is because brains are developing. The human brain right. develops until the early to mid-20s. Uh, there's a lot of growth sure. happening still, even into the 20s. Um, you know, we look back on our lives and we're like, yeah, I, I don't think what I thought when I was 20 now, well, there's a, there's a physical, biological yeah. reason for that. There's brain development happening. Sure. And- I have plenty of my followers who will say, well, thank God my mother had enough sense not to transition me whenever I thought, you know, when I was a tomboy, right? right? Girls who love to climb trees. Now, all of a sudden, what are you going to rip out their ovaries and cut off their breasts? And, you know, at 12 or 13 or younger in some instances, because you think that's the loving or sane or kind thing to do. What the hell is going on? What are we talking about right now? This yeah. is the hill to die on. I keep telling America that this is the hill, the children, 
the children. Our borders may be open, sadly enough, and thank you for championing that fight. But when it comes to the children, uh, that's where America needs to put the foot down and say, no, we're done. And doc, and it needs to begin with the medical professionals. So I'm very glad to see that you guys are taking up this case. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go ahead. No, thanks, Monica. No, you're 100% right. Like This is the proverbial hill on which to die. We need to stop this from happening because you can you can go back and get illegal aliens out of the country. You can fix monetary policy. You can't um, undamage a child who's been psychologically damaged by insane decision making from an early age. I mean, this is also why, not to change the subject, but this is why they're so hell bent on getting um, sexual education and like discussing all of these policies in the faces of four and five year olds. Yes. It's grotesque. Right. Um, it's it, but it's those are the ages when you get a hold of people and right. you convince them that there's a world that's oppressing them and that the government is your the solution to that problem. Well, you know, I, I also got a kick out of something else that your audience can definitely appreciate. So for you know, you've got people running around saying, "Well, now now we have to put testosterone in girls and yeah. um, uh, est- estrogen in boys, and we need to make them achieve their their goals now, so it's not harder later." Uh, I mean, this also like underlies everything that parents do when you say. When parents say no to their kids, it's because we know better, right. right? We don't indulge every fantasy a child has sure. because they're just not mature enough to understand what's good and important for them. But on the medical front, we just spent the last two years, more than that, actually, with the left caterwauling and tearing at its clothing when any, whenever anyone, including President Trump, said, you could use ivermectin, you can use hydroxychloroquine. These are proven safe drugs that can help sort of mitigate the effects of COVID-19. And the left went bananas. And they went bananas because they said, you need to do a triple blind study on the top of Mount Everest before we can use any of these drugs. And so all of a sudden now, these same people are insanely yeah. promoting right. like massive testosterone injection into girls and massive estrogen injection into boys to help them make a decision that they're not ready to make uh, without any studies whatsoever. It's, it's Frankenstein-ish. It, it is Frankenstein's lab. And the thing that gets me is that it's the parents that are driving it. I mean, it's not even the, the sure, the Biden administration and, and crazies alike may be pushing the narrative, but someone has to, has to eat the slop. Someone has to drink the Kool-Aid. And, and parents are doing both, which is truly astonishing to me. I mean, I don't, I'm a parent. I'm now a grandmother. I look at my three-month-old uh, granddaughter, two, sorry, two-month-old granddaughter, and I think to myself, what in the world are people thinking? I mean, you know, ask any menopausal woman how it feels or someone who's been forced into menopause uh, through a hysterectomy or maybe something happened in your younger years. Ask them as an adult how crazy that whole season of life can make you, much less a formidable child, someone who is in complete transition going through the natural godly ordered phases of existence you know and and think about what goes on in the minds of these little people and i can't imagine what the suicide rates will be amongst this demographic i mean it's crazy i wanted to bring this back up um this is a this is a letter from uh stephen miller of uh of america uh, the fearless director uh, and founder of America First Legal, he says, under the Orwellian guise of gender-affirming care, gender-affirming care, the Biden administration is bullying and extorting America's doctors into providing unethical, medically unwarranted drugs and surgeries to children that cause significant physical harm, including sterility. This is barbarous. Uh, Barbarous and America First Legal is leading the battle against Biden's war on gender and medicine in federal court. So tell me how this goes. Tell me how the process goes with America First Legal. When I go to your website, I see a lot of FOIA requests. So can you walk us through the process? Let's say I've got 10 doctors who are just fed up, which I do, actually, and they may be a part of this suit. I doubt it. It sounds like they don't even know this is occurring because they feel like their hands are tied and they're such victims to this whole madness. So tell me how the process goes uh, from beginning to, you know, hopefully ending up in litigation and, and having some victory here over this madness. How does this work with America First Legal? So, Monica, most most of the litigation, like the direct litigation happens where we work in conjunction with some plaintiff. Uh, in many instances, that plaintiff is a state attorney general or, or a few state attorneys general who are fighting the insane policies. Because as you can see, a lot of these policies are aimed at stopping sane state governments from being sane. And so the states have what's called standing, which means they have a, an ability to be in court to claim a harm that they need redressed by the court. 
Um, so we have a lot of that type of litigation. This is one of those cases. And there are other cases where we're directly suing the Biden administration with our partners for failing to do something or for doing something we think is illegal. Like, for example, when they tried to stand down the migrant protection protocols that was enforced by the Trump administration. Um, so there's that type of litigation that happens. Um, we have a, a lot of those cases in different subject matter areas. Um, the FOIA litigation is an entirely different bucket. That's basically we're using the Federal Freedom of Information Act request mechanism to get information out of the federal government. Um, we sometimes get some stuff. The, the, this won't surprise you. Uh, the most transparent administration in history is the least transparent administration in history. So they redact everything. And um, what that usually requires is some sort of interface with a federal court to say, Your Honor, um, this is stuff they should be disclosing and the courts will either agree or disagree and we get more information as we go forward and then we release it to the public. And the, the idea is that all of this FOIA released information will contribute to not only the broader public understanding, but also help members of Congress and state leaders deal with the problems in their universes too. It's a, it's a really big problem. For what it's worth, Monica, if anyone in your audience has any, I know you've got more than a few doctors, other people in different subject matter areas, who think we should be looking at something and have some ideas about certain things that we can look into for them or for the community, sure. please have them reach out to America First Legal. We're at aflegal.org, and we have a, a communication link where people can give us feedback, and I'm happy to follow up on that. Excellent. Thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, these are, this, is, this is grisly. I mean, here it says, uh, the Biden administration trying to intimidate doctors um, to prescribe puberty blockers and hormone therapy to refer them to surgeons for, it's so hard for me to even read this out loud, but it's true because these are children. Okay. Uh, For castration, sterilization and genital mutilation. I mean, that's what we've come to. And, and people honestly believe that this is loving I don't understand how this, now I know in the state of Georgia, there was a young lady who was part of the General Assembly a few years ago. I don't even know if she's still there. I try to stay out of local politics from now on and state politics here in Georgia because they're crazy. Uh, But she had the right idea. She had the foresight years ago to attempt to make this a matter of child abuse. And I don't know how far down the field that legislation has gotten in the state of Georgia. Uh, but, you know, I, for the love of God, I, I don't understand how, how, how anyone, how, what does that conversation look like? You know, I mean, and you have children, you know, I can't imagine walking into my pediatrician's office going, well, you know, Susie's been playing with trucks a lot lately and she prefers little work boots and plaid shirts and, you know, and she wants to cut all of her hair off. And so what do you think? What do you think? Can we go ahead and start the process? I mean, she's six, but what do you say, Doc? Can we go ahead and start the process of, you know, of, of transitioning her into a boy? What the hell is going on with people? The only thing I can say is that, and as a minister, yes, I am with a potty mouth, but because I'm so passionate about this, the only thing I can say is that we have a great spiritual delusion that has fallen over this country. Really, I would say the world, but really we're leading the charge on this craziness. If you can believe it, our enemies across every battlefield laugh at us. They mock us. They scoff us because we've, you know, bought it hook, line, and sinker. And I really think it's because we've become so godless that this is like the last bastion. And I, I'm just grateful, again, that you guys are out there. I want to ask you something. How difficult is your job dealing with a weaponized and politicized judiciary across the country? Um, it's it's not always easy. I mean, I think the thing that we, we have uh, to remind ourselves of is that the judiciary can be good or can be bad. It's kind of luck of the draw. Uh, there are a lot of good judges. There are a lot of bad judges. Um, but the reality is that we um, we have to make our case on the merits and we try our best and we have faith in the system. Um, just because we're, let's say, for example, we don't necessarily do well at the district court level, the federal district court level. There are always appeals options. Um, but I, I have to say that so far, so good uh, in terms of the reaction that we've gotten from the courts, because sometimes when, when you're dealing with a legal issue that's on the fence, um, even in front of a, what you would consider a conservative judge, whether appointed by Trump or Bush or another president, um, it may go against you. It may not go against you. The interesting part about um, some of these decisions is the Biden administration is so far off the reservation that uh, many of the decisions are, are what you would expect. It was, of course, uh, the administration is not following the law. And so we're going to grant the injunction or we're going to supervise them to make sure they are doing X, which they're supposed to be doing under federal law. So, 
you know, it's a, we take it, it's like you said at the beginning of your show, it, every day is a treasure and we take each day as it comes and fight each day. And there are new opportunities at every turn. And, you know, it's funny because every day we discover a new awful thing they're doing, a new law breaking that's just ripe for exposure. And again, if anyone out there has any information about any of this, if you're a federal worker, you know, anyone is a federal worker and you want the insanity to stop, please come to aflegal.org and talk to us. Right. John, what are you... So what is the what is your target basis? Like you just said, according to the laws, okay? So clearly, there are not uh, laws on most, I, w- I would say, I don't know about a federal level, but on most state levels as well, because you're talking about involving the AGs and whatnot across the state or inspectors general, but uh, generals. So what are the current laws that you're going by to say, hey, you uh, no, this is unethical. You're you're asking physicians to perform in in a in a in a in a malpractice uh, you know manner. Uh, what, what what yeah what what is it? How are you guys targeting this right now uh, so that other people can be thinking about that? Because if you're not going for the child abuse component or that you know this is insanity, which is obvious to most of us who are sane, uh, what what is the angle, if, for lack of a better word? The main thing on this front, Monica, that we're doing is we're countering the federal government's use of um, basically sex discrimination laws at the federal level to force this to happen. So in other words, what the Biden administration has basically done is said, if you don't allow or require, if you do, let me back up. If the state passes a law that says you may not mutilate children right. um, under the guise of quote unquote gender affirming care. Uh, then you are violating federal sex and other discrimination statutes, and we can come after you for civil rights violations. I mean, think about how twisted that is. They basically are using laws that were created to prevent people from being discriminated against racially um, and in other walks of life to allow children for a political goal. Um, And so that's what we're fighting. And I think that that there's something else to this too, Monica, which I think you kind of hinted at earlier. Um, Doctors have independent state-based medical board obligations. I mean, even non-doctors know the Hippocratic Oath, do no harm, right? right? Um, And I imagine that scenario you raised where the mother came in and said, my my daughter's a tomboy, can we get the surgery rolling? Most doctors who are ethical and following the rules are going to say, ma'am, I'm not going to do that. This is just, she's just a little girl. Let's talk when she's 18. But um, right now, this is just how it is. And I think doctor, most doctors probably will tell you behind closed doors that they're terrified of this because- They're terrified of being pushed into a position where they have to do harm. That's right. Under the direction of the state. Well, and what's really sick, John, is that that for every physician who is uh, who is a- attempting to abide by their oath, right? You've got these organizations that have already been put into place that are brainwashing parents into thinking, well, if your pediatrician won't help you, here's how we can help you. And this is called discrimination at the federal level. And no, 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 no. And we can we'll take your case on, right? Because you have a right for your child to be whomever, whichever unicorn and color of the rainbow you want them to be today uh, you know we're here to help see that through and so it's you know it's 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 crazy like the left is already again it's another industrial complex that has been erected at this altar of this insanity and for those of us who see it as insanity and not even partisanship just straight up biology straight up actual love for the order of creation i'll tell you another thing this is my this is my personal and 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 i'm gonna let you go in a minute because i know you're a busy man you got you know the country to save god bless you uh but for me it's like this is the time like you said the proverbial hill for for people to to die on right this is the time for doctors to band together this is the time for parents to band together and i kind of feel like this whole well it's unloving to say this it's unloving to say that i'm like no you you guys are going to have to decide what is natural order and what isn't and that's not unloving and the thing that angers me john is that there are very real human beings with souls who do struggle with this whole um transgender identity crisis where they genuinely are born and they go through their lives not feeling like they are in the right body, 
that it is a thing that is a medical spiritual thing. It happens. I've ministered to them. They are usually very suicidal. They're not okay. They are in complete turmoil. And even with the surgery, they will tell you they're still not okay. And so it's like this whole, you know, special class of people who have a very real medical issue have now been completely marginalized by this trend called transgenderism. I mean, when I thought we couldn't reach a new low in America, it's amazing. Now, you know, mutilating our children has become trendy. It's amazing. I I have tremendous sympathy for every one of these individuals who's going through this. In addition to the parents, like I've tried to put myself in the shoes of some of these parents who might be going through this and and thinking what life might be like. But um, it's just unfortunate that the left has decided to turn victimhood into its greatest commodity and it, it doesn't it when it sees people with problems, it doesn't try and help them solve the problems or care for them. It it finds a reason to turn it into a political agenda. Correct. Uh, and it's just a shame. Like I wish some of these people could find relief in a way that doesn't um, require this. Maybe there's a lot of options out there. You mentioned the ministry. You know, there's sure. also talking to someone at the, in the medical profession about it. Uh, I don't pretend to know how to solve any of these problems. I do know that sure. the left is being egregious here. And its solution to the problem of people who are confused about their existence is mutilation of five-year-olds um, and stopping states from stopping mutilation of five-year-olds. Um, right. I think the left, when I, I hate to go back to the, to the demographic issue, Monica, but I really see the left sensing it's losing its grip on the American people, especially now that it's going to be harder to commit voter fraud. That's right. So you combine like the loss of the American people with the loss of running the board voter fraud in a lot of these key states. And I think they're going to be in deep trouble very, very soon. So, um, you know, I pray for these people. I hope they, they find uh, peace in their lives, Absolutely, but mutilating children is not the answer. Right. Yeah. And I'd venture to say most five-year-olds have no idea. For instance, my daughter was a tomboy and, you know, climb trees, running into stuff. I mean, she broke her, you know, I was like, if you you didn't break something falling out of a tree as a kid, you're probably not, you know, really living life, but she did. And so I'm sure she's super pumped now that, you know, we didn't uh, transition her because now I have a beautiful granddaughter and, you know, all is good. John Zadrozny, thank you for being with us. America First Legal. I'm so glad that you've made the leap over here. And now, you know, you can champion the cause for Americans. Where can people go uh, to find out more about America First Legal and to support your efforts. Thank you, Monica. Uh, please uh, come visit us at uh, aflegal.org, um, aflegal.org. Uh, if you are so inclined, um, we would love to have a contribution. Uh, every dollar you give us goes toward fighting uh, the Biden crime family and the lawlessness at the federal level, and also making sure that the American people are, are getting the truth, honesty, and transparency they deserve from their government. Um, so aflegal.org, we'd love to see a couple. Goodness, I did not mean to do that. (laughs) Sorry about that. (laughs) Well, it was a good pitch. And I could blame that on technology, but it's all me. (laughs) So, uh, John, you're awesome. Thanks for being with us. And uh, keep up the good fight, sir. We appreciate you. You're always welcome back here. Thank you, Monica. You too. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, now I'm going to officially kick John from the room. Okay, here we are. <laughs> you knew it was not, you knew we were not going to get off this broadcast without something happening because I'm running my show. <sighs> Help me, Jesus. Okay, but in that, it, it, along those lines, we are about, that was awesome. I hope that encourages you guys that there are people out there really fighting the fight. They just are. And, uh, and there are people worth supporting. But, uh, you know, speaking of people worth supporting, I'm going to uh, take myself to a commercial break right now and introduce you to some people who are absolutely worth supporting and also supporting your good night sleep, right? I'll be right back. that I just received. Holy cow. You could fit two people in that. There you go. There's some fun on a weekend for you husbands and wives out there. You could also get a great night's sleep with my favorite two new pillows that are now on my bed at mypillow.com using my name, Monica, to bless your family. 
wonderful gift sets of bath sheets and towels and stuff for your pets and beds and blankets and all kinds of slippers that y'all can wear to Walmart and all that wonderful American stuff. MyPillow.com, code Monica, MyPillow.com. Did you guys know the Biden administration has already printed more money in the past two years than the previous 100 years combined? Not to mention the national debt just hit a record $30 trillion. Guess what that means? It's only a matter of time before the house of cards comes crashing down. If you have retirement savings, your money could be at serious risk. Talk to my friends at GoldCo to see how you can protect your retirement with gold and silver before it's too late. Head on over to MonicaMatthews.com backslash GoldCo and they will give you up to $10,000 in free silver when you open an account. MonicaMatthews.com backslash GoldCo. All right, guys. So yes, encouraging, right? There are people out there fighting the good fight. And your freedom and the sanity and the health of your family and this country matter. It, no matter what the left tells you, no matter what the entertainment gods are telling you, absolutely matters. And I love supporting people who are supporting, uh, you know, not just a good cause. We're not, we're not a cause as Americans, right? No, we're not. We are America and we do have a country to save. So, you know, in my, in my closing remarks, I would simply say this, you know, my show is about life, love, and liberty. If you have not subscribed to my podcast, please do so. Some of you prefer podcasts and you can do that on basically any download medium. You can find a podcast, you will find life, love, and liberty with Monica Matthews. Also, please go to Rumble and my YouTube channel and subscribe to that. As many of you know, I've just made the transition to on camera, uh, and I do enjoy being here with you. Thank you very much. You can read, you can, you can follow me. Uh, sometimes we have live shows, other times they're pre-recorded, but you can always count on me being in your face as of twelve thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday through Friday. Also, head over to my website, monicamatthews.com backslash GoldCo, as you just heard, but also sign up for my newsletters. I'm also continuing on with my Bible study, uh, which has, for the past six weeks, been about discernment. No idea where the Lord's going to take us. We are recapping the past six weeks this evening, and then we will move forward in the coming days. I have received emails from uh, many of you who are interested in participating with our Bible study, which is very chill. Uh, we have really cool special guests who join us. Uh, we've had Emerald Robinson, Chad Prather, uh, Craig Sawyer, and uh, we've you know, got a whole lineup of folks who would like to come and share their faith with you, um, who might kind of surprise you, because not everyone is as vocal about their faith uh, in their respective professions. But like I've always said since I started on the air six years ago, almost seven now, uh, with Faith, Life, and Politics was the title of my show, right? And... Um, Wherever you find yourself in life, in whatever capacity, whatever office uh, you have been um, blessed with serving, right? Whatever capacity that is, stay-at-home mom, coach, husband, son, uh, administrator, right? President, CEO of a company, employee, you get the drift, whatever it is, you bring your faith into that role. Even if you have no faith, that is a faith. Agnosticism, atheism, 1000% is a belief in not having a belief or a belief in something not existing or a belief in you don't know if something exists, right? And so no matter what your belief system is, you're going to bring it into every arena. If you missed yesterday's show, I talked about this with regard to uh, the Twitter CEO, right? And you can, you can also think of ideologies as a form of religion as well. And, uh, you know, his take on the, on the constitution and our freedom of speech is that that's kind of, that's old hat. That's kind of passe that, that that's archaic, right? No one's thinking about the first amendment, at least not in the upper echelons of Twitter. And that was a self admission. And I played that for you yesterday on this show. That is an ideology. That is a belief system. His faith 
happens to be in our secular and humanistic ability to uh, to to govern one another through feelings and through governing boards that get to tell you what's okay to say and think and feel and how you should move and breathe and have your being. Um, and, you know, which we know as American citizens who, uh, who value our constitutional rights, right, that that is not the ideology by which we live. That is not how this country has been governed. Uh, that, that does not um, serve due process. It does not serve the blood that's been spilled for this country in order to uh, not only apprehend those rights, right, but to live out those unalienable rights that we now have a Supreme Court justice who will now sit on that bench who is not sure whether or not we have been endowed by um, by our creator with certain it's it's not self-evident to uh, to her that we have been endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights right which means that they are naturally granted through the order of creation through the creator so she's bringing her faith onto the platform to which she is about to um, be confirmed, sadly. Um, so you cannot separate a person from their faith. And I dare say that one of the reasons why we find ourselves in this position is because as people of faith, whether especially from a Judeo-Christian standpoint, if you have not been, and I know my Jewish brothers and sisters do not, they're not evangel uh, evangelicals. They don't evangelize most of them, um, and and that's not a slight. It's just a fact, right? And and there's a part of me that wishes that, uh, and I understand that it comes down through the mom, and and I get it. I I understand the the principles of of Judaism and why there's not more of an evangelical push to bring people into the faith because it's a matter of bloodline, right? Well, as a Christian, I believe that that bloodline has been reconciled and everyone has been reconciled to their creator through the blood of the Messiah, Jesus Christ. That's what I believe as a Christian woman. But I believe that if more people of, of faith, the faith of order and decency were to step forward and speak on behalf of the creator, of the author of our liberty, the author and finisher of our faith as a, as a creation, right? We would not be in the position that we're in right now where we are having to contend with people who think it's okay to mutilate and maim their own children in the name of compassion and love. It's, it's insanity. It's not love. It's not compassion. If you just stop for just a moment and think about all of the changes that your little people go through from the birth, from, 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 from conception to 25, I mean, they're very evident, evidentiary changes, scientific proof, uh, empirical evidence of the changes that take place in the mind, in the soul, you know, of a little person. And I I feel like if the church, as a Christian, I'll speak on this, if the church had gotten out in front of this conversation instead of shying away from it or just becoming angry about it, um, you know, or holding on to your 501c3s because you have a new building project and you know your congregation's not going to give, without getting a kickback. You know, I'm, you know, I'm talking to you. If that aggravates you that I say that I'm talking to you, but it aggravates me because it means that you're bought and sold just like your politicians are. Sorry. That may not make you very happy, but it's true because if you can't get up into your pulpit and speak the truth of God in accordance to what you say you believe 
to what you fill out on your documentation for your 501c3 status. If you can't live by the word of God that you say you're preaching and you can't encourage and edify and exhort the people around you, believers and unbelievers alike, and you can't entreat people to come into your congregations with the truth of God, with the reconciliation of God, with the uh, with the equality of God, the nonpartisanship of God, then you should shut your doors because you are part of the reason that we got here. And I just want to say thank you to those of you men and women who have the courage, you have the heart, and you have the mind of Christ who are willing to stand up and say, no, no more. We're not, no, this is where we draw the line. And we're not terrorists. And we're not phobic. Nope. And we're not hateful. And we're not supremacists. We're not racists. We're not unloving. We're not incompassionate. No. None of that. And and if you would just stop and stare that wickedness in the face and submit to God and his righteousness and resist the devil... The word says that he will flee, right? So there's your word of encouragement. Oh, it has been a glorious day here on the Monica Matthews Show. I am going to head out of here. I want you to go over. Please check out America First Legal. Keep up with the work that they're doing. Bookmark it in your little uh, computers. I'm not sure that they have push notifications, but you can pop over there every week and see how hard those men and women are working. Uh, to fight this giant. So be praying for the Davids with the stones and the slingshots over there at America First Legal. And we do thank Mr. John Zdrozny once again for joining us. He's always welcome here. Remember, be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. And if you're an American, head on over to my website, purchase some mugs, t-shirts, and all that stuff, and act like one. 